do you balance your home culture and new culture? Yeah, because in our house, like, my stepfather was a Canadian and my mom was a Filipino. So, so the culture of a Canadian and Filipino are mixed together. So my dad teach us what are their traditions and my mom also teach him the traditions of the Filipinos. Do you have trouble balancing your Canadian culture with your home culture? I think so, yeah. When you're coming from like a different country, you're not used to like the customs here. Like you're just used to like how it is back home and whatnot and just follow what everyone else follows. When you bring home like the Canadian culture home, like wherever you're from and you just kind of mix it in. And it's very confusing because you don't know how to explain it to your parents. Like this is what happens here. But also, but like when you step into that house, kind of just kind of have to forget about it because your home sort of thing. Hello and welcome to Unheard Youth. We are a podcast created at Edmonton Center for Race and Culture. We're focusing on newcomer youth voices all across Canada and featuring what they have to say about identity, migration, and belonging. I am your host, Rose Eva Forbes Jenkins. At the beginning of this episode, we heard from two different youth. The first clip was when we recorded youth at McNally High School, and the second clip came from newcomer youth group Sky Club. I chose these clips because they both feature the connecting theme for this episode. This episode is entitled Balancing Cultures and Other Conversations with Edmonton Youth. First off, we hear from the youth at McNally High School. They talk about their migration stories and what life in Canada is like for them now. Afterwards, we hear from the youth at Sky Club as they discuss the differences between Canadian culture and their home culture. But first off, a bit more info about the city of Edmonton. Edmonton is the only city that we didn't have to travel to because the Center for Race and Culture is based at Edmonton. So here are some facts that I found. Edmonton's population is just over 1 million, making it the fifth largest city in Canada. The city is commonly referred to as the gateway to the north because of how the city is very much tied to all the oil and gas industries. After all, Edmonton is the home of the Oilers hockey team. The city has expanded quite a bit in recent years, with an 11% population increase since 2011. With that rise in population, there's also been an increase of visible minorities, from 21% to 37%. So we know that the city is rapidly growing and changing. But what are schools and community groups doing to welcome this increase in diversity? To find out, I sat down to chat with some folks that are working with newcomers in Edmonton. First up, we hear from English Language Learner Coordinator for McNally School, Lindsay Babiak. Joining me for that conversation, we also have Youth Facilitator at Action for Healthy Communities, Jonathan Spanner. Here's my conversation with them about the programs that they provide for newcomer students in Lindsay's classroom. Hi, I'm Lindsay Babiak. I'm the ELL coordinator here at McNally High School. My name is Jonathan Spanner. I work with uh, nonprofit 
uh, in the city of Edmonton called uh, Actions for Healthy Communities. What I do specifically, I come in with Ms. Babiak's class once a week on Friday mornings and help the ELL kids with less the nuts and bolts of English, more the other things that are necessary in learning language. So cultural skills, self-appreciation, workplace skills, different things that they might need and they may not find in their everyday curriculum. So I'm in five or six different schools and how my, my week usually looks is I'll have a field trip or two with my different classes. We've had a few um, with McNally. One was a bit of a disaster. We tried to go to the corn maze uh, and it was raining too much uh, and it was flooded. So we had to just kind of take the kids for a walk and we just kind of went to a dog park and walked around for an hour. <laughs> so that was pretty good. The kids liked it, to be honest. So that was really good. We were going to go to the art gallery. So different, just, I think, important places that if you grew up in Canada, you would go to and it would be kind of an important memory from your childhood. So that's what I really like about going to these places with these kids because it's kind of seeing them experience it for the first time and doing things that you know, Canadian-born students would have had when they were six, except now they're 16. So they kind of have a little more, you know, awareness of, of where they are. And so that's really great. Um, we also bring in workshops. Um, so we had a yoga instructor last week who was just amazing, I thought. The program has been really great. I find learning a language, these students are exhausted by the end of the week. And I find they always are looking forward to Friday's session. And they're actually learning and developing skills in a really fun and engaging way. They don't even realize that they're actually developing those skills. And, you know, days when Jonathan's not there, they're all wondering where he is and why he's not there. Um, so it's kind of a nice way to sort of close off our week. And it's also been a really good opportunity to build community within our class you hear the students are always supporting each other and, and part of that is because of the fun kind of atmosphere that's built uh, within the classroom. Yeah, I was wondering about the curriculum, Lindsay. How does the ELL curriculum differ from the regular curriculum? My students are part of what we call an ELL cohort. And uh, so they do spend um, a portion of the morning every day with me. Um, and so we want to give them those support not only for their academic classes as they move through that but then just you know have a sense of community it's easy for students that are newcomers to Canada to be lost in our high schools and having this kind of ELO cohort is um, a group where they can support each other they all kind of understand where each other is coming from again building that communities is really important and this is the second year we're running this program and we've noticed really a big difference our students feel like they belong here that's McNally's motto is you belong here and the students can really truly say that they do yeah just giving them that safe space that kind of common person to sort of go to with questions about grad requirements or certain courses that they should take but then again developing that foundational literacy skills that's required for their academic courses yeah just to speak on the community of McNally so like I said I'm in six or different schools and you know, covering for coworkers, I've been in probably 15 schools over my three years working with Actors for Health Communities. And I would say McNally's kind of school culture is by far the most positive and, you know, community building. And I think part of that has to do with how awesome the kids are. This is also by far the most diverse class, which is a really, really amazing to see. 
Um, there's 16 students that we'll be dealing with, I think, from 10 different countries or, or 11 different countries. Yeah, so it's uh, highly diverse. They are so uh, encouraging to one another. I remember when we did that, I think it was a Jeopardy game, and one kid was, was uh, having difficulty choosing a category, so one of the other kids said, it's okay, just choose with your heart. And it was, it was just like really beautiful. Um, and that's just kind of what I come to expect with this class now. Every Friday is just kind of a really positive experience. And I think that just goes to speak to the culture that they have here at the school. Any thoughts on how other programs could implement and make other uh, newcomer students feel welcome? Like, do you think is a really important advice that you would have for um, having that program be so successful? I think it's really important for the students to have kind of a go-to person within the school. I, I have students that were with me last year that are now in regular program, and they're still coming to me for advice about something just because they they had the opportunity to build that relationship with that one person, and they're comfortable. I think that's that's a really important thing. And, you know, just giving them a voice, making them feel that they are heard, that they matter, and that they have a place to be. You just heard from Lindsay Babiak and Jonathan Spanner. Next up, we're going to hear from the newcomer students in Lindsay's classroom. The students got together in groups and asked each other questions about the topics of identity, migration, and belonging. A note that some students felt more comfortable expressing themselves in a language other than English. We loved hearing the diverse languages and experiences that were present in the class. Hi, my name is Azel. I'm 15 years old and I'm from Philippines. I'm in grade 10. Hi, this is Kunjika. I'm 16 years old and I'm from Nepal. Hello, my name is Nepal Hello, Namaste. My name is How did you feel when you first came to Canada? Uh, I felt very nervous as well as excited when I first came to Canada because Nepal and Canada, they are like different thing and they are different country. They are like far. The Nepal is very far and Canada is like very far and I want to like experience the uh, Canada's weather, people. Why did you immigrate to Canada? Oh, because my family live in Rivijikan and that they does have much food and that my family moved to another country. My name is Shabir. I am from Afghanistan. I am Antonio Lassas and I am from Syria. I am uh, live here in Canada from one year. My nickname is ABJ. I am from Eritrea, East African country. I have been here <laughs> almost three months. I came to Canada because there was war in my country. What did you miss about your home country? I miss a lot. Uh, I miss my friend, my schoolmates. They were so close to me. We had a lot of fun like that. So I miss that situation. Do you have any strangers that help you cope? Yes, I have. I have strategies that like hard work, friendly with people because um new so i have to be a friend with people to know 
the behavior of this country and also the culture. Hello, my name is Sofia. I'm from Abidjan. I am 16 years old. I'm a Glani student. Hi, my name is Samaher. I'm 16 years old. I've been here for two years and a half. Hi, my name is Nafia. I'm from Syria. I'm uh, 15 years old. Sophia, why did you immigrate to Canada? I don't really know, but I just follow my dad because he told us to come. Nafia, did you change anything about yourself when you come to Canada? No. Samahar, what did you immigrate to Canada? Because there is a war in my country. Do it feel like home here? Yeah, because I have my family. Everything I want, the same what was. Samar, what did you miss about your home country? I miss everything. My friend, my other family. I have two family, actually. My grandmother. All these people, I miss them. And I miss my home. My friend, my home, and my family. I'm Moline, and I'm from Liberia. I'm 70 years old, and I'm in grade 11, McNally High School. I'm Angel. I'm 17 years old. I'm from the Philippines, and I'm currently in grade 11. My name is Mohammed. I'm uh, 17 years old. I'm from Syria. I'm grade 11. I study in McNally High School. My name is Bong. I'm from Congo. I'm 17 years old. Okay, Mohammed, what makes you who you are? What makes me who I am, my personality, and my experience of people. Like, we every day change, every moment. But whenever we see new people, we change too. Like, I can't believe now how, how big change that I get after I meet all the people. And especially like when I move to Canada, I have a lot of big change. Angel, what's making you who you are? What makes me who I am is my own experience in life. Like, they teach me how to be matured enough to handle things personally and independently. Marlene, what makes you who you are? Uh, what makes me who I am is my personality and the relationship I have with my family and my friends. And I'm always around people and like making everyone happy and everyone makes me happy and, and yeah, helping other people. That's what makes me who I am. Angel, does it feel like home here? Yes, it feels like home here because the people here will welcome you warmly and they will never make you feel uncomfortable. Marlene, does it feel like home here? Um, I would say yes, because where I'm from, like, everyone, like, do their own thing, and no one's care about each other, and here, everyone, like, people welcome everyone here and acknowledge you, and, like, here is, like, more freedom and do stuff that you want to do. Bunky, why did you immigrate to Canada? Uh, it's because... Uh, Something happened to my country, like dangerous, they kill people, terrorists, so that's why. We migrate here to Canada because there are lots of opportunities in here, and especially finding universities, because in the Philippines it's too hard to find university that will fit in your certain course. Yeah. I immigrated to Canada after the war that's happened in Syria. Like, I was so comfortable in my country, and I wasn't thinking that I'll leave my country in one day. But after the danger is getting more and more, so our, our family decided 
to move to Canada. And after I get here, I had like better opportunity to study and to work and to have a good friends. <laughs> Marlene, why did you immigrate to Canada? Me and my family was immigrate to Canada because it's a long process. Day after, my mom was happy. I didn't know why she was happy. She was so happy because she was immigrant to come to, um, uh, I don't know if it was America or Canada because we didn't know yet. But they were asking my family, you guys want to stay here or you want to go to your country? But by the grace of God, my mom, she said she doesn't want to go to my country and she doesn't want to stay where we were. So everyone was like, you have three kids and no one's with you, no one helping you. Why can't you just take the money? And my mom knew that that money's going to finish and nothing's going to come out of it. So she knew something's going to happen and she knew that uh, we're going to get a better education. So that's why she didn't take the money and she was there until the grace of God, we picked to come to Canada. And when I got here, I was so happy. And so happy because I miss my friend in my home country. And also, and I'm happy, I'm grateful that something's gonna come out of it and it's gonna be a better things in life. Yeah. What do you miss about your home country? What did I miss about my home country? I miss my friend. I had a lot of friends in Syria. And I miss them and I miss the food. The food, yeah. In our country, we have like a different taste of food. And my home in Syria, I miss my home in Syria. What did I miss most about my home country is the Liberian cuisine. It is so classic. The food is so delicious, and I can't even find it here. Mohammed, how did you feel when you first came to Canada? It was so hard when I first came to Canada. Like I wasn't speak English. And I wasn't know a lot of about Canada. I just get here and I wasn't ready for that. I don't know. But it was so hard. I still remember that day when I was like, I wasn't speak the language and it was everything weird. Marlene, what did you feel when you first came to Canada? I was happy at the same time sad because I left so many things behind. I was so surprised that we were coming to Canada and when I was on the plane, it was like a, a miracle. And when I got here, I was so happy. The things, because they served us food, and then the leftover, they put it in the garbage. And I was so surprised that why they put the food in the garbage? They were supposed to keep it for the next morning, but I didn't know they don't keep the rest of the food. Bunky, how did you feel when you first came to Canada? I was so happy. I was like so surprised. Like I didn't know if uh, like I was supposed to come to Canada. So I was happy for that. One more, one more, one more. One question. Okay, okay. I will pick Angel a question. Angel, do you balance your home culture and new culture? Yeah, cause in our house, like. My stepfather was a Canadian and my mom was a Filipino. So so the culture of a Canadian and Filipino are mixed together. So my dad teach us what are their traditions and my mom also teach him the traditions of the Filipinos. For example, eating rice every day, just like that. And sometimes we usually do the just the potato and something like that. 
Yeah, that's it. You just heard from the students at McNally High School. A huge thank you to them for sharing their stories. Next up, we're going to hear from the newcomer youth group Sky Club. Here to tell us more, we have some youth who regularly attend the program. They're going to introduce themselves and tell us what stands out most to them about the youth group. They also talk about the storytelling session that was hosted by the Center for Race and Culture. We had spoken word artist Brandon Wint come and facilitate a session with the youth to explore their own relationship to the themes of identity, migration, and belonging. Here's what the youth had to say. Hi, my name is Hanifa Kalia I'm 18. <laughs> I am a, a currently a student right now, and I go to a Sky Club. Hi, um, my name is Aisha. I'm 15, 16. I'm from Botswana. I go to Sky Club, and yeah, I live in Edmonton. My name is Dorit Lodo. I'm 18. I'm in grade 12. I've been living in Edmonton my whole life. I'm from Ottawa, though, Ontario gang. Hello, my name is Joanne, and I'm 17 years old. I attend Sky Club, and I've been attending for over 10 years now. Uh, hi, my name is Emmanuel, uh, probably the newest addition to this group right now. And I'm uh, really excited to be a part of this entire dynamic right here. It's really interesting. It, it, I feel like I have uh, good feelings about this. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Truly embracing the Sudanese culture over here. Shukran. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to top that, but <laughs> my name is Jeru and I am 17 years old. Um, I've been attending Sky Club since actually for the, over the past 10 years. This is Juan speaking, and just for everyone to know, I have a twin named Jiro, and we sound, we're identical, obviously, we sound the same. <laughs> just so you know. This is Jiro, and this is Juan. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sarah. Um, I'm 17 years old. Um, I was born in Newfoundland, but I moved to Edmonton when I was younger. I've been attending Sky Club ever since, basically, um, it was formed. I remember way back when we had a van. It was basically a daycare van. It was huge, and it'd fit like like 25 kids in that car. <laughs> yeah, all I remember really is swimming a lot, ice skating a lot, and like being forced to do math homework, like constantly, like math homework that was like three grades ahead of me. And yeah, that's all I really remember. Um, I remember just seeing a lot of kids. And, you know, every Saturday used to be so fun because there was always something to do. And we always got to, like, see our friends and, like, people we don't usually see outside of the club, you know. Yeah, some of my earliest memories definitely have to be a lot of swimming, a lot of uh, just talking, hashing it out. Just, uh, yeah, just basically get everyday hangout uh, every Saturdays and just uh, hanging out with some of my closest friends that I met uh, here at Sky Club. I, I remember seeing my older brothers attend Sky Club because I wasn't old enough, but once I was, I came and I met a lot of new people and built a lot of friendships and yeah. I remember um, just like waiting every Saturday to come and link up with my friends and it was just a good way to connect with people you don't usually see and to start building relationships within the community at a young age, which I think is vital. Um, I'm quite new to this. It's, I've been here for two years. 
um but i remember when i first came here i was really scared to talk to everyone so like i stayed on my own but i got introduced to my group of friends that you know right now i really couldn't like see myself coming here without or just like going about life without but i just love how when i came it was just a very welcoming environment and it allowed me to just get out of my box and i was able to talk to everyone i've been here since like i want to say like grade eight i was really like quiet and talked to anyone i just got my homework and like i got help and stuff like that and then finally i started talking to like the rest of the girls sarah drew Dran, larie just making my way making like new friends and like yeah we'd go on like field trips go to the gym go swimming go skating those those are some fun activities um, we previously had a session with Brandon, who is a poet. The session was really fun because I've never done poetry before. This is Drew speaking right now, though. But I've never done poetry. This is the first time I've ever wrote. And, you know, I don't know. I felt so confident after saying my little poems. It was cute. <laughs> this is Joanne speaking. It was cool to connect with another poet, especially since he, he built a platform for himself. And... I learned more writing techniques while I was at the session with him, and it was fun. Um, he came and he, we, he started giving us exercises where we'd pick words that had a certain picture or feeling or emotion to do with, and then based off of that word, we wrote a poem. And I, it was my first poem, but I wrote a poem that like, it really like changed the way I look at my experience in life it kind of like you know changed me a little bit but um it was it was a really important um realization after i wrote that poem it's like the poem itself when i when i was writing it at first i didn't really know what to write about but then i was like what's one thing that's really important to me and i'm like my mom and the experience of meeting her again after three years was kind of like a very important one for me and it's like reliving all of that it's like I kind of want to go back to that place and just like have it going on forever and ever you know it just kind of made me happy to have her around made me appreciate her still you just heard from the youth at Sky Club next up you'll hear from a conversation that was recorded with some of the youth that you just heard from I had previously met with the group, and we had sessions on how to use recording equipment and what topics they'd like to talk about. Then, the youth came up with their own topics and questions for the following conversation. You'll hear the first part of their discussion on this episode of the podcast, and the second part will be on the next episode. Here's what Joanne, Jeru, Hanifa, and Sarah had to say about the differences between their home culture and Canadian culture. Hi, my name is Juan Lackle. Hi, my name is Hanifa Kaligira. Hi, my name is Sarah Gore. Hey, my name is Jeru Lackle. We're here to have a conversation about basically identity, so stay tuned. <laughs> Do you have trouble balancing your Canadian culture with your home culture? I would have to say no, because I don't really see myself as a Canadian, although I was born and raised in Edmonton. I always claimed myself as a Sudanese because 
that's the culture that I grew up with. I never really want to say well, belonging was something um, that what that is a challenge. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, when you're coming from like a different country, you're not used to like the customs here. Like you're just used to like how it is back home and whatnot, and just follow what everyone else follows. When you bring home like the Canadian culture home like wherever you're from and you just kind of mix it in it it's kind of difficult in a way and it's very confusing because you don't know how to explain it to your parents like this is what happens here but also but like when you step into that house like you kind of just kind of have to forget about it because you're like your home sort of thing um yeah I would say I have trouble too I think not as much as I used to because when I was younger I thought that I could just kind of fit the mold and kind of just be a Canadian but um color my skin stopped me (laughs) so um, yeah so like you know I would like my mom for example would cook me like African school to African African food to bring to school and I used to not want to pull it out and eat it because other people would be eating like what do Canadians eat burgers hot dogs like a snackable (laughs) and then my mom would have cooked me like this African meal and I just felt like I stood out so before I used to like really want to just fit in and fit the mold but now I realize like not even just African culture there's so many cultures here in Canada that um make up Canada as a whole so I think I balance it better than I used to is what I'm trying to say with me I feel like I don't know this is hard because in a sense I was born here in Canada and I've never been to my home, my actual home, which is South Sudan. So I feel like I don't really balance it. I feel like my Canadian identity overpowers my actual identity only because I feel like with my actual identity, I don't like I belong in that community. But in the same sense, like being Sudanese or just an immigrant in Canada within your own culture is like, oh, look at this Canadian or you Canadians, you guys don't know anything about, you know, your actual culture. So in a way we get, or I get shunned. I know back home people will say, oh, Nasa Canada, which means people from Canada, or they'll basically separate the two from actual South Sudanese who people who've been there through the struggle and the suffering and the pain to you know the people who ran away basically so that's how you know being Canadian for me or being it's just a conflicting loyalty basically at home my mom will cook her asida and mula which is (laughs) African food and I don't know I, I tend to like like Canadian food more or like McDonald's or more you know the westernized food and because she'll cook something i'll be like i want pizza (laughs) she'll be like she'll eat it by herself and she won't really complain in a sense i know (laughs) yeah i haven't really realized how bad that is until (laughs) (laughs) yeah um (laughs) so i guess in a sense i feel more canadian but like I don't because I'm constantly reminded that I'm not Canadian. So it's like, I don't know, where do I belong, guys? (laughs) 
I believe the conflict with that is that being a minority in Canada is hard to call yourself a Canadian when people don't see you as a Canadian because their first assumption is, oh, like, you're not from here, even if you're born and raised anywhere in Canada. I, I sometimes think, like, at times, like, I feel like I don't fit in. At times, like, we come for, like, community things or, like, we sit around and people, some of the kids, like, I even grew up with, their own, they're speaking their own language, and I just kind of feel kind of awkward. Like, I understand what they're saying, but I just can't speak it in a way. And I just kind of, I just feel kind of awkward, and I'm just uh, sitting there, and, like, when they, like, when, when I first, like, meet uh, some of my, my mom's new friends and stuff like that, they're like, oh, that's your daughter. Does she speak the language? And then she'll be like, no, she, she only, she understands it, but she won't speak, and they're like, ah, so she's that kind of kid. Like, she's been here all her life and they think that I wasn't actually born in Uganda even though I was but like I wasn't there for like the longest time and I also feel like that if I was to go back home I feel like there would be like a barrier between the between me and like my my actual family back there I'd feel kind of like kind of left out in a way because because like all my cousins and aunts and uncles they just grew up there all their lives and then I come and I haven't been there for like the longest time I'd feel like kind of left out. I wouldn't know what to say. I wouldn't know what to do. I'd, f- I'd probably just feel really quiet. Maybe I'll, maybe they kind of tease me a little bit, like, oh my gosh, she's a Canadian girl, sort of thing. So I feel like there'd be a huge barrier between us. So back to the question, do you have trouble balancing your Canadian culture with your home culture? So this is the Chronicles 101 with Jir Laco. Um <laughs> Yeah, being, living in Canada with you know so much family around me who were born and raised in South Sudan or was then known as Sudan or Khartoum or Juba or wherever I get what Sarah was coming from where she was like um bringing home food like Sudanese food and you're embarrassed to like take it out like I remember this one day (laughs) in junior high my mom made me mullah I took it out and someone, she, this girl, she scrunched her face at me. She's like, what is that? It like smells weird. Like, what are you eating? And then after that, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this in public because I don't want to explain to people what I'm eating and I don't want to be judged. So I'd rather put that, you know, culture that I am from behind me when I'm in the real world. And then when I'm actually in my home or my own space, I'll bring it back out. About the food thing too, yeah, hundred percent. Growing up, like when it came to like fast food and stuff like that, we were kind of restricted in a way. Cause my dad, he really wanted us for us our culture to stick with us. So he'd make us get our own food, or like he'd even get uh, food from like different cultures. He just didn't want us getting no McDonald's, no Wendy's, and all that stuff. He didn't want us to like be like everyone else. He just wanted us just to be us. By the end of the day. But I still kind of felt left out when I brought, like, home-cooked meals and stuff like that. I mean, I would still eat it because it's my food. Like, <laughs> that, what you going to do? Right? <laughs> you to get me some food? <laughs> sort of thing? And, like, I'd still, I'm going to still eat it. Just Kids would just kind of look at me and be like, oh, my God, what is she eating? It smells weird, blah, 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 it, and all those kind of things. And I just kind of feel insecure in a way. And, like, at, at, at times I just feel like I don't want to eat no more. And I went the whole of grade eight straight not eating my mom's food. <laughs> That's all fine. The whole of grade eight, like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to eat it. Like every, yeah. So junior high. So I just eat like whatever she brought home from like if, if it was like fast food, I'll take it to school or something like that. Pizza, like that. Those are the kind of things I take. Just I refuse to take anything like rice or like cassava or like like beans and stuff like that. I just refuse to take it the whole of grade eight. 
because of like the environment I was around. Like there was there was other fo- there was other like foreigners in the school too. Like I thought we could just relate on a whole other level, but I guess we just got used to like the Canadian culture that they thought it was kind of exclusive in a way that if someone else brought something else in, they would be like, oh my god, what is that sort of thing. So that was junior high. I feel like it goes both ways too, because if I went to a Sudanese function and I had like a burger or something, like they would call me out. Like they'd say like, what are you eating? Do you not embrace your culture? Like where's the mullah? Where's the asida? Where's the injera? Like they would be mad too. So I feel like it works both ways. Like you get shunned both ways and it's hard to find the balance. Like at the end of the day, you just got to eat what you want, to be honest. (laughs) I feel like in conclusion, we are first generation immigrants. So our parents wouldn't understand, you know, what we really go through and having that conflicting loyalties from inside your home and outside your homes and trying to balance and, you know, um, help them understand in a sense. I feel like that's that. I dropped the bike. <laughs> Don't actually. It's nothing but numbers in my head. In my head. And that's it for this episode of the Unheard Youth Podcast, entitled Balancing Cultures and Other Conversations with Youth in Edmonton. I wanted to thank the folks that contributed their wonderful voices and knowledge to this episode including Lindsay Babiak, Jonathan Spanner, the amazing ELL class from McNally High School, and all the wonderful youth from Sky Club. Thank you so much for sharing your stories. We would also like to thank our friends and partners at CGSR 88.5 FM and the Edmonton Community Foundation. This project has been made possible in part by the Government of Canada. Ce projet a été rendu possible en partie grâce au gouvernement du Canada. Thank you so much to Chivenji for providing the music featured in the podcast. Don't forget to reach out on social media. Let us know your thoughts by commenting on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our username is Unheard Youth Podcast. This episode was produced by me, Rose Eva Fork Jenkins. We produce this show at the Center for Race and Culture, Enemy Squitchewa Sky Gun, Edmonton, Alberta. The Center for Race and Culture acknowledges that we are located on Treaty 6 territory, traditional homelands for many Indigenous peoples, including the Nehio, Soto, Nitsitape, Metis, Dene, and Nakoda. We pay our respects to the ancestors past and present who call this land home.